Weekly jobless claims beat the mark. Ford stops reservations of the F-150 Lightning. Omnicron confirmed in New York City. Oracle beats expectations. The SEC pushes for harsher SPAC regulation. Meta with a big crypto WhatsApp launch. And Polygon makes a major acquisition. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. up and welcome to another episode of the running with the money briefing powered by pounding the table either way we're back and boy oh boy the market is all over the place can you guys believe it well it seems the inflation fear is back and it's taking the markets by storm the dow pretty much finished flat um up up or down zero percent however you want to put it Flat 0%, pretty much a do-nothing day for the Dow. NASDAQ down 269, 1.71%, and the S&P 500 down 33 points, roughly 0.72%. Now, which sectors led the way to the downside today? Well, of course, you guessed it. Consumer cyclical, technology, real estate, energy, communication services, all leading the market lower. The best performing sectors within the market today, consumer defensive, utilities, financials, industrials, and healthcare. Either way, every single sector in the market was still flat. Consumer cyclicals taking the most harsh hit across the market today, down 2.02%. Now, taking a look at the biggest headlines of the day, we're going to lead right off with this labor market data release. We got this morning, we got those weekly jobless claims. Weekly jobless claims, well, they weren't terrible. Totaling 184,000 for the week ending December 4th, and that's the lowest level we have seen since all the way back on September 6th of 1969. So a pretty darn uh, good metric when it comes to weekly jobless claims. The lowest level since 1969. Crazy stuff. Either way, those initial filings for unemployment insurance totaling 184,000 once again for the week of December 4th the lowest since 1969, but moving forward, what else did we get out of this report? So initial claims for unemployment insurance were expected to total 211,000. So the estimate was beat or at least the Dow Jones estimate. Now, if we take a look at these numbers more in depth, we had continuing claims and those that run a week behind the headline number. Those actually increased by 38,000, roughly just shy of 2 million continuing claims. We got some commentary out of Ian Shepardson, chief economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics per CNBC. He goes on to say, quote, a correction next week seems likely, but the trend in claims clearly is falling rapidly, reflecting the extreme tightness of the labor market and rebound in GDP growth now underway. It's very risky for firms to let go of staff unless they have no other choice because rehiring people later will be difficult and likely expensive. So some interesting commentary on this data, record data, you could say, or at least record data since 1969, September 6th to be exact. Now to round out this data, the total of those receiving benefits under all the programs fell by 350,527 to 1.95 million according to data or the latest data up to November 20th something to note 
And also an interesting metric here that has that uh, main number there amongst all programs. Well, that level was 10 times higher just a year ago. So there's been quite a bit of improvement um, just based on this data within the labor market over the past uh, year. So solid improvement in the labor market, continuing to see it still not amazing, but definitely not bad. Moving into this headline out of Ford. Ford stopping reservations for the F-150 Lightning. Now, why in the world are they doing that? You might think it's a negative, but look, this... I think you can take this as a net positive. So we had Ford CEO Jim Farley today in a CNBC interview. He basically said we had to stop taking orders because we got so many uh, for this F-150 Lightning pickup truck that is upcoming and set to arrive in dealerships by mid-2022. He goes on to say, quote, we are completely oversubscribed with our battery electric vehicles, Lightning especially. Furthermore, we had to stop reservations. We got so many. We stopped at 200,000, and those are orders, hard orders. So basically, he's confirming here for the F-150 Lightning, they have over 200,000 orders, 200,000 hard orders. That's definitely a net positive. There's obviously demand there. Uh, Mr. Farley went on basically to say that Ford is pushing to have full production of these vehicles to 70,000 to 80,000 units. For the lightning, crazy stuff there. That's pretty sizable. He goes on to say, quote, we're going to try to double that. We've done it in the past. Don't bet against Ford when we have to increase production. This is what we do. So, Mr. Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, he's pretty darn confident in his company in the comeback in Ford. One of those legacy automakers that is finally starting to make a comeback in advance. And that's probably why you've seen the stock go uh, pretty much to levels it hasn't seen in over a decade, I believe, last I've seen that chart. So some very interesting stuff coming out of CEO Jim Farley of Ford. Now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we got to get in this call by Morgan Stanley, naming Deer a top pick for 2022. What in the world did Morgan Stanley have to say about Deer? They go on to say, quote, with a multi-year runway for growth, even after a 20 to 25% year-over-year recovery in 2021, Ag equipment remains our most favorable end market for 2022 with DEOW and AGCOW, our favorite plays on this theme. Now, moving into another call on a Morgan Stanley naming Apple a top pick for 2022. That name is continuously moving to the upside. In a see I read today, guess what? Apple was strong, outperforming the rest of them, finishing down just 52 cents. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. In fact, Apple today hit a 52-week high. Morgan Stanley naming Apple a top pick for 2022, going on to say, quote, the combination of a strong, loyal customer base and the upcoming launch of ARVR products positions Apple for a re-rating in 2022. And our $200 price target reflects conservative contribution from new products in full year 2026 when compared to early penetration of iPad. Hmm, some interesting commentary out of Morgan Stanley. Now shifting into a call on General Electric, Bank of America reiterating the company as a buy. You'll end the say quote, we reiterate our buy rating and $140 price objective. Investors undervalue GE Aviation. In our view, it or it has or as it has higher margins versus peers typically used by investors. So in essence, what they're saying here is, look, GE is undervalued. They have higher margins versus peers, and we like the company. Now, Barclays upgraded Twilio today to overweight from equal weight. That's a lot of people's favorites. Um, But shifting into this company, 
Barclays uh, goes on to say, quote, we are upgrading Twilio to overweight as we like the full year 2022 setup on easier compares. Twilio shares have approached a more reasonable valuation versus faster growth peers since the third quarter of 2021 earnings. And we believe investor concerns on its fourth quarter 2021 are overly represented in shares. So it seems here Barclays liking Twilio now upgrading it to overweight, liking it into 2022. We have JP Morgan also today initiating coverage of Fubo TV as overweight going on to say, quote, while we see some risk to the business model longer term, we initiate with an over weight rating as we believe shares present an attractive entry point given the 40% decline since the third quarter earnings on 11.9. JP Morgan liking Fubo TV after a nearly 40% decline since those Q3 earnings. Now shifting into UBS reiterating Nike as a buy going on to say quote our conversations with investors reveal many remain bullish on the fundamentals and Few think Nike will guide down again after its big and rare guide down last quarter. UBS liking Nike long and liking the fact that investors are bullish. Now, shifting into this headline out of New York City and New York State, more Omicron cases confirmed. So we heard from Governor Kathy Hochul today, Thursday. She went on to basically confirm that New York State has officially confirmed 20 cases of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 within New York State, and 13 of those being in New York City. Governor Hochul also went on to say that these cases, well, uh, they're expecting more Omicron cases and more spread of this new variant within New York City. So definitely not a net positive when it comes to this new Omicron variant that we still don't know all too much about yet. Also, we got earnings from Oracle today beating expectations, delivering second quarter results, and, well, guess what? They delivered an EPS of $1.21, which is better than the expected number of $1.11. They also delivered revenues of $10.36 billion, above the expectation of $10.21 billion. Now, breaking down these numbers, unfortunately, the company still ran a net loss of $1.21. $1.25 $1.25 billion, and that is down, actually, from a net income of $2.44 billion just a year ago. Um, So definitely not a uh, positive when it comes to net income and net loss, uh, running a net loss in the quarter, second quarter of 2021. They also reported $7.55 billion in cloud services revenue and license support revenue. That's up 6% year over year, and that also beat the expectation of $7.54 billion and then shifting into cloud license and on-premise license revenue. They delivered $1.24 billion in revenue. That is up 13%, um, and it also beat the mark of $1.07 billion. Now, in total, Oracle did note they had $7.9 billion in short-term deferred revenue, but that came up below the $8.29 billion consensus out of analysts. So overall, Oracle beating the mark, but the company did swing a net loss down from a net income. So that's definitely something that investors are paying attention to. You look at how Oracle is performing today in the after hours, and it's not all too bad. In fact, taking a look, it is up nearly 10 points, 9.03 points in the after hours, 10.17% on these results. Shifting into commentary out of the SEC today, they were pushing or they are pushing for more and tougher SPAC regulation. We had SEC chair Gary Gensler on Thursday, 
pushing several potential SPAC rules that he believes need to be considered and that the SEC will take a look at. He basically uh, pitched some rules surrounding uh, marketing practices of these SPACs and their deals, tougher disclosure requirements when it comes to these mergers, and liability obligations. So it seems the SEC and SEC chair Gary Gensler wants to go after SPACs even more and make these things really more transparent um, and more honest to investors. Now, we also got a big headline out of Meta today, and they have announced that U.S. users can now use uh, Novi and WhatsApp together. So they're going to be able to use, uh, WhatsApp users are going to be able to use um, WhatsApp to send payments in U.S. dollar stable coins within the United States. As we know, they launched a beta program just like this not all too long ago. Um, actually, in several other countries, those countries, uh, including Guatemala. So it was between the U.S. and Guatemala, and basically this was the launch of the Novi app. Now they're integrating that with WhatsApp, and this was announced by Vice President of Product at Novi, Stefan Krizil. I hope I pronounced that name right, but if I didn't, someone tweet me, and I will get it right next time we talk about Novi uh, and this uh, basically this topic of cryptocurrencies and meta and how they're integrating cryptocurrency payments with their messaging apps like WhatsApp. Uh, so a big-time headline coming out of meta, basically announcing that they are initiating this beta program where U.S. users can now use WhatsApp to send payments in U.S. dollar stable coins via this pilot program from Novi. Some very interesting stuff coming out of meta. Something to pay attention to as the company pushes into the metaverse and cryptocurrency world. We also had in the crypto world, speaking of cryptocurrencies, Guess what? We had a big time acquisition. We had Polygon acquiring Murr in a $400 million deal to scale Ethereum and move into Web3. This is a big time deal. So, Polygon is acquiring zero knowledge startup Mir. It is spelled M I R in a $400 million deal. This is all part of Polygon's efforts to basically move in and scale their Ethereum and uh, Web3 networks here. Now, the deal was done with 250 million Polygon tokens, Matic to be specific, roughly about $400 million worth of it. And that is based on a price of $1.60 per coin. This deal was actually closed on the 26th, but they announced it today. We did get some commentary out of the co-founder of Polygon. He goes on to say per Blockworks, quote, we want to be the AWS of the Web3 platform for developers to build on by providing a spectrum of solutions. So it seems what Polygon is trying to do here is they're trying to build the AWS of Web3, which is pretty kick-ass if you ask me, um, but I'm a crypto geek and I love this stuff too. So if you're interested in the crypto world, that's definitely something to pay attention to this Web3 world, this DeFi world, Polygon acquiring Murr in a $400 million deal. Something to pay attention to. Now, what is Polygon really eyeing when it comes to this technology? Well, Polygon sees zero knowledge. ZK, for short, cryptography is a very promising technology to scale blockchains, and that was per their co-founder. So, in general, um, you take a look at Polygon and their current metrics, and they host roughly 3,000 applications, 1 billion transactions they have processed in 1 million unique user addresses. It's pretty crazy. It's already pretty large. Um, and roughly $5 billion in secured assets. You take a look at the growth of the Polygon network. 
and actually dApps or decentralized applications on the Polygon network and platform rose 9,900% according to BlockWorks um, from 30 in November of 2020 to 3,000 in November of 2021. So some big time growth over at Polygon as well, a big time acquisition to match that big time growth. So the brief over the day, in short, what did we all have? I'll go headline to headline. We had solid weekly jobless claims. Those numbers coming in at 184,000 for the week ended December 4th. And that is the best number we have seen since September 6th of 1969. We have Ford stopping reservations of the Ford F-150 Lightning. We had big calls on a Morgan Stanley on Deer and Apple naming them both top picks for next year. We had Bank of America reiterating General Electric as a buy. Barclays upgrading Twilio to overweight. JP Morgan initiating Fubo TV as overweight. UBS reiterating Nike as a buy. Omnicron cases a net negative uh, being found in New York City. Oracle beating the market up after hours. The SEC pushing for tougher SPAC regulation. Meta launching this program with Novi allowing users of WhatsApp to send payments in U.S. dollar stable coins in Polygon acquiring Mer in a $400 million deal via Matic coins. Very big or Matic token, Polygon's token, 250 million of those suckers. Holy smokes. That's a big time deal if you ask me. But either way, that is the running with the money briefing for today. We will be back. I know and I know you know we will be back tomorrow to go over the biggest headlines and actually it's Friday. So the weekly recap. In the meantime, go give my boys and my fellow team members over at Pine the Table a listen on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Also, go and give me and my team a listen at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Luke Donate on Twitter. At me, DM me. If you have any feedback on the show, want to name Deep Dive Don, please let me know. And we are going to try our hardest here at Running With The Money and Pounding The Table to deliver the content that you want every single day. Easily Profit, trade on. And I will be back and I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs>